Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I'd like to go on record and say, no, I'm not attracted to 14-year-olds. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Morning, Jen. Good morning. I have a, it's a hectic morning for me. This is not good. We're just jamming this whisper country into <laughs> the middle of Jenny's busy day. Usually Fridays are chill. Like, this sucks. What the hell? Yeah, what's going on? I don't know. It's yeah. work. Jenny works for the CIA, so she really can't say much. Yeah, I work for the CIA. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? No. Jenny, did you remember this episode? I did. Yeah. I did, too. I did, mm-hmm. too. And I feel like I had a little bit of traumatic shock when I saw Miss Peel. Yep, me, too. <laughs> me, too. Miss Peel traumatized everyone, not just the people in this town. Yeah, I mean, the minute I saw her, I was like, oh, <sighs> God. Like, something inside yeah. of you just, yeah, is totally. afraid. Okay. So we don't really have any announcements, nothing really crazy going on, so we can just jump right into it. Today we are looking at Season 4 episode... What episode is it, Jay? 15. Today we are looking at Season 4, Episode 15 of Little House on the Prairie, titled Whisper Country. The description reads, Reverend Alden offers 15-year-old Mary her first temporary teaching position in a backwoods community. Unfortunately, it ends up being one of the most difficult jobs a young girl could ever encounter. Now she must decide if her career, not to mention her family values, are worth putting up the fight of her life. <laughs> wow. Dramatic. Reverend Alden does everyone a disservice again. <laughs> he shows up for like three minutes and like wrecks everyone's life and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> He's an asshole. All right, Jen. So we open on the school and an excited Mary running to the mill to see Pa. And I can't blame her when I would be running to the mill to see Pa. I would look the same way. I just want to say written by John Hawkins, directed by Michael Landon. So we seem to be at that phase of, of the teleplays. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Mary tells Charles that Rev got her a teaching job, and then we cut to later at the Ingalls' house, and Rev Alden is sitting there telling them that Miss Beadle says Mary is the most qualified to do this job. Really? I, so are they done with school at 15? Is that just... Can I raise... I'm raising my hand. Okay. Amy? Why would Caroline, a trained and experienced teacher, not be the best person to do this job? I was going to say, isn't Grace a trained teacher too? But she's gone. I forgot she's gone. Yeah, she, she took off. Yeah. I maybe feel like she, there's other trained teachers. Maybe Grace got braces. Or just an adult might be a better idea. <laughs> just an adult. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If this were the case, let Miss Beetle go there. And Miss Beetle would have kicked some Ms. ass. Miss Beetle would have kicked some ass. Miss Beetle would have like smoked up a doob and ripped all those people a new one. <laughs> she would have. She would have taken care of that. Jenny, the best part of the article where in which we learn that Miss Beetle has banged Jim Morrison is that she has a store called the Liquid Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I did not read that article. Should I read it? Oh, it's so great. <laughs> okay. So Reverend Alden is saying that Mary will make fifteen dollars a month. That's three hundred and seventy-five dollars a month today. That's not bad because she also gets free room and board. 
That let me re, let me say that again. That's three hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Oh, a month in today's money. Oh, I thought you meant a week. No, a month. Oh yeah, that's not good. That's okay. not good. No, I mean but, she has fifteen. But, but right, my fourteen-year-old daughters yeah. would be all over that. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it's a two-month term, and red flag number one: it's the first school Willow Prairie has ever had. Red flag, red flag, flag number, number two. two pays $15 a month. Red flag number three. Red flag number three is they're offering free room and board in a good Christian home. Red flag number four. Rev tells her it's a small and isolated town, no store, no post office, and basically the people are fucking weirdos. Red flag number five. And then he says the teacher, the previous teacher left after just four days. Four days, people. Four four days. days. And he doesn't know why, but he thinks Rachel Peel had something to do with it. And that she resides over the prayer meetings. Now, this is an information dump, right? Rev is dumping all this information. Jen, what does Carolyn get stuck on? Uh, I forget. A woman resides over the prayer? Oh, right. Yes. What? Yeah, that's the thing she's concerned about. Not like a a seasoned teacher quit after four days and ran away in terror and was never heard from again. Rev Alden is not a great recruiter. Like, he's not selling this. No, there's a real deliverance vibe here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Definitely. I said children of the corn, but that's after she gets there. Yeah. So Rev says Rachel Peel doesn't like school. Charles, voice of reason, is skeptical. Yeah, of course. And Rev basically says he had to talk the town into opening up the school. Mary's like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Sign me up. Sign me up. Because if I could teach there, I can teach anywhere. Okay. I feel like I've said that before okay. in my teaching career. All right, Jen, the next day, Rev Alden and Mary head over to Whisper Willow or whatever the fuck the town's name is. Rev drops Mary off, and it is a scary place. And I wrote, the kids look like the people under the stairs. This is like I said, the children <laughs> of the corn. Like, this is, this is like horror movie shit. Guys, you need to watch this episode. Like, if you watch nothing else... The visuals of this episode are everything. These kids are great actors. There's like creepy looking twins, like from The Shining. There's yeah, it's a, blonde, a little Shining-ish too. There's a blonde chick that looks like Carrie, like not not our Carrie, but Carrie from the horror movie from this Stephen This is King. like if David Lynch wrote a little <laughs> House on the Prairie episode. The, the blonde chick looks like her eyes are going to light up and burn everything to the ground. This is written by Stephen King, directed by David Lynch. <laughs> And I wrote, run, Mary, run. <laughs> Get back on that wagon. And be like, turn this motherfucking ar- motherfucker around. Jenny, I'm about to test your little house knowledge here. Ready? Okay. Inside the school, they meet Caleb Fisher. What other role did he play on the show? I don't know. I'll give you a hint. Good day. <laughs> that, that That is not a hint. Everyone says that. Mm-hmm. Is it somebody we already saw? Yep. Oh, he looked familiar. I don't know who he, I don't know. It's the return of racist Willy Wonka from the oh, mining episode. Oh, oh, He was the mine boss. Okay, that's where I know him from. And, he, like, plays, he, and he plays somebody else in a different episode later. Oh, God, that's so bad. So that's three characters. So okay. bad. So we meet racist Willy Wonka, Caleb Fisher, and he's sweeping. And Mary's like, oh, thank you for letting me stay in your home. And he's like, it's not my idea. It's a church home, church land. I'm just farming it. Okay. So you're freeloading, it sounds like. Okay. All right. Another red flag is Caleb says he will not show Mary where they live. It's not It's inhospitable. He says his daughter Katie could show her. And then Rev is like, your daughter Katie? Uh, and I wrote, what? what's the subtext <laughs> yeah. there? I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. Jen, the kids come in looking like my 8.30 a.m. poetry students. I was going like, to ask, have you... Have you experienced this crowd? Like I've experienced this crowd. They come do? in, nobody has a book. This is why I can never pencil. be a teacher. This is why I can never be a teacher. Because I would just like, be like, you guys are failures. Get out of here. Like, and you're I'm like, done. today we're going to talk about sonnets. And they're just like, I fucking want to stab you. Half of them are in pajamas. It's real bad. I'd be like, you didn't fail this class. You failed life. Like, yeah, get out of here. What exactly. are you doing? You can't even muster a pencil. So the kids come into this school, and Mary introduces herself, and there's silence. 
Can I just say that Carrie would be the valedictorian of this class? <laughs> she absolutely would be. <laughs> Jen, they don't even know, like, we'll get into this later, but they don't even know how to really talk. They are clearly abused. Clearly yeah, abused. Clearly. Yep. So they don't know how to read or write. They've never seen their names. Like, Mary is literally <laughs> starting from scratch. Yeah. Like, how do you start this? And I have to give Mary some credit. She does okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she starts calling the kids up to her desk one at a time. And as she's getting their name, she'll, like, write their name on a big sheet of paper and give it to them and say, okay, now you can go home and trace this in practice. And then you'll learn how to write your name. Not a bad sure. theory. Okay. Suddenly, Jen, Rachel Peel comes in. Well, and as soon as she appears, we learn two things. We learn that that girl is Sarah Miller. That's mm-hmm. not talking. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Miss Peel is clearly the abuser. Miss <laughs> Peel appears. I'm using this reference again. I know I've already used it, but it's it fits. Miss Peel appears like the monster in the video game Venture for Coleco. Oh, my God. You like, just can't get off of this. Did that really, <laughs> that really did a yes. number on you? Yes, it did. Okay. Yes, it did. She just like comes down from that corner and everyone is terrified. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. All right. There's like six people that know that reference probably. Yeah, I know. Guys, come at me if you know that reference. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to put it in the meme. There's movies. one person that knows. Miss Peel's wearing a black Holly Hobby looking bonnet. And she's like 100, but Chang is how old the actress is. She's like if Tim Burton made a Holly <laughs> Hobby doll. <laughs> Jenny, how old do you think she is? Oh, she's probably 37. <laughs> she's not 37. Okay. If I had a guess, like if I looked mm-hmm. at her face mm-hmm. and I had a guess how old she was, 67. 55. Wow. <laughs> That's a hard 55. <laughs> she's only 10 years older than you. Oh. Okay. Yikes. She's not happy, Jen, to meet Mary. No. The children stare at her paralyzed with paralyzed fear. Paralyzed in fear. Yeah. Oh I don't mean to laugh because it's clearly an abusive situation. <laughs> well, and I, like the one kid, it was kind of funny because I could just hear Michael Landon giving this direction. Like, look at her like you're shot. And the one kid was like overplaying it. And he was like, <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous. All right. So. She looks Mary up and down, and she's like, what's with that fancy raiment, which is clothing? She uses ancient yes, words she does. here. What's that fancy raiment and books? And Mary's like, I need them to teach. And then Peel asks if she's going to teach ciphering. Okay, so I got super confused at this So point. did I, because that's like making codes. It's encoding. Yes. Yeah, it's like encoding something. Right. That's what ciphering means to us. Right, but it doesn't. It means arithmetic. The archaic use of ciphering is to do arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not only is this bitch crazy, but she only thinks math is worth learning. Mm. I'm like, why are they... Arithmetic specifically. I'm like, why are they teaching encoding? <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> Jenny, I'm like, not only is she a witch, now she's a math witch. Can yeah, you think like, of any worse type of witch? Well, she's basically saying the only things you know need to know is how to add up money so that you could sell things or buy things. Like, that's the minimal thing you need to learn. Yes. And she says the Lord's words are all anyone needs. So everything else is sin. So basically in this class, <laughs> your choices of major are math or sin. Right. And then she says, if a man can cipher, he can do what he needs to do with this crop and then get back to his family away from temptation. And I wrote, did Rev drop Mary off in the middle of a fucking cult? The temptation, he did. The temptation of what? Like soft fabrics? <laughs> Lululemon is the devil. Oh, my God. There's (laughs) ominous music as Peel leaves. And she says, anything but ciphering is a sin and a waste. And Mary's like, oh, fuck, I've met my match. Yeah. Yeah. Little sweet, angelic, Catholic, Christian, I mean, Mary has met her match. Well, I was saying that this town makes makes the Ingles look like me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, Like, they're wild. Like, they're living loose. They're living loose. 
All right, Jen. After school, Katie, the daughter, is supposed to walk Mary to her house, but she just takes off running. She's not okay. Like, these kids. They're so weird. You saw people They're under so damaged. the stairs, right? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Or I was thinking the Burbs, maybe, a little bit like the Burbs. The oh, that one family. Burbs. But it was the one yes. family. Yes. So, Mary sees Miss Peel, and, like, the annoying fucking idiot she is, she's like, Hi, Miss Peel, how are you? Dude, she just called you a slut and a witch. I mean, we talked about how they can't read a room. <laughs> My God. All right. Katie shows Mary to her creepy attic room, and then they... Mary loves a good loft. I she mean... does. And they hear the father... Get... This is my question, too. How do these people have more more means and more goods than Charles? Because the church pays for that. Oh, right. That's not their house. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, not their yeah house. right. All right. So they hear the father get home, and Katie's like, oh my god, we gotta get downstairs to father's home. Like, total... Red flags everywhere, Mary. Total abused response right like oh my god we need to do everything right now mary's like oh i'm gonna sit back i'm gonna (laughs) that's what i mean that's me i'm gonna take my time i'm gonna get ready it's okay if i'm late this is jenny every (laughs) single motherfucking time i'm with her oh i'll be there in 20 minutes 40 minutes rolls around where are you jenny has always run by her own clock Always. But I I tend to only run about 15, 20 minutes late. It's not like I'm an hour late or two hours late. It's not that. It's never that. And I, no one is surprised, am always punctual. Okay, whatever. I always get there early so I can chit-chat with people. You're that annoying, like, of course they're on time. Of course they're there You're that first. annoying, like, of course she's fucking 20 minutes late. You're that annoying person that, like, when I have a party... Like, you show up five minutes before the start time of the party. And, like, the host needs that extra 15, 20 minutes. And, like, you're you're sitting there and no one else is there and you're all there. Like, you're there 20 minutes early and you're like, I need it this time. You're that annoying, like, they're going to give our table away if she doesn't fucking get here soon. And the wait staff is going to lose money and everybody's going to lose money. But yet that never happens. But yet that Mm -hmm. never happens. Mary shows up late for dinner, Jen. Like, she's all refreshed, changed, apparently changed into, like, a slutty outfit. (laughs) The slutty lilac dress with a collar to her, And to her 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 chin. (laughs) Okay. So... This, I wrote, this could be a horror movie, an episode of The Twilight Zone, or Black Mirror, right? Yeah, all of those things. Okay, Mary tries to make small talk, but Caleb gets all defensive when they don't know who the president is. Well, she, can we discuss the dress, though? He said that's not a proper dress. Never says why. I don't think Mary even knows why. Yeah, I wrote, he's fixating on her dress being too slutty, the one that goes down to her ankles and buttons at her chin. Like, well, I don't understand. Is it, is it the fabric isn't? Like flannel enough? I don't know why. It's not burlap. (laughs) Like, is it the color? Is it the fabric? I don't know. Is it because it's cinched at the waist? All those wipes is cinched at the waist, too. I don't know. The wife. Oh, my God. One look at the wife. I'm like, dude, you need She's like a hostage. Yeah. So they don't know who the president is. Wow. And Mary's like, it's Rutherford B. Hayes. And they're Well, he says, who does he say? Oh, God. Who was before Hayes? The president before Hayes. (laughs) He says the president before Hayes. <laughs> and, then, and Mary's like, no, no, no. It used to be that person. Now it's Rutherford B. Hayes. Now I need to look this up. Pause. Grant. Oh, okay. Grant. Right, right, right. So they think it's Ulysses S. Grant. And she's like, no, no, no. It's Rutherford B. Hayes. And he's like, duh, whatever. Like, fake news. Yeah, fake news. It was ridiculous. Whatever. Okay. So the next day, Mary and Katie are walking to school and they pass a collapsed barn. And Katie tells Mary that Miss Peel got mad at the farmer and caused the barn to collapse. And Mary's like, you know, that's crazy, right? So now now we're starting to put together that they think Miss Peel's a witch. Yeah. All right, so now in school, Mary is teaching addition with apples when some weirdo named Joshua Bond shows up because, quote, my daddy told me you was handing out learning and I needed some. I have to say, somebody shows up with an inkling of personality (laughs) and Mary throws them out of the classroom. That's true. 
But I could tell right away what kind of kid he was. Oh, Get yeah. Get the fuck but out like, of here, dude. But, Aim. I know. Look what I... Look, like, At least he You speaks. need something. You need something. Okay, so he starts eating the apples Mary's teaching with, and she freaks out and kicks him out. But I have an important question, Aim. Okay. You have two apples. <laughs> I give you two more apples. How many apples do you have? Four. <laughs> she does yell. <laughs> Okay, so she kicks him out and she tells him, if your pa has a problem with me, you send him to see me and I'll tell him exactly why I sent you home. Mary, do you really want to do this? Is this a good no. choice? I can't even fucking imagine what this boy's father's like. He just yeah. sent him to school and told him to go catch some learning. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. All right. At the Fishers, back at, back at uh, People Under the Stairs house, the mother is all weird and asking questions about the telephone. She probably needs to call for help. She's probably like, how do I get out of here? So they have, so telephones exist at this time, but they're, they're like, new. no one has, yeah. like a town might have one telephone. Yeah. Caleb comes in and he's like, fake news. There is nothing, so, no such That's thing sorcery. as a telephone. That's sorcery. Sorcery, yep. Mary says there were stories in the newspaper and he says, yeah, exactly. Stories, lies. And I wrote... Mary sasses him. I wrote, this is very 2020. <laughs> Mary sasses him. We're, we're, we're right back in the cycle again. Um, Mary sasses him, and I just couldn't help but think, could you imagine if Laura was there, if this was Laura? Laura would not have been able to deal <laughs> with this. She'd already be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb then confronts her about Joshua Bond. And he says, the father isn't happy. And if Mary acts up again, he's going to talk to Miss Peel. Go ahead. And Mary's like, do Mary it. Says, I don't care. I'll throw him out again. Mary says, bring it on. I live with Nellie. I can handle a fucking witch, bro. <laughs> it's true. Nellie has prepared them yeah. for everything. And then she stomps up a ladder, which is hard to do. <laughs> that is baller. <laughs> and you could tell the women, the mom and the daughter, were like, kind of like, all right. Okay. Kind of like this. The same day or the next day, Caleb <laughs> is leaving. Racist Willy Wonka has to go put some dynamite in a tunnel. Mary and the daughter, he's, he's actually not. He's going to sell corn, which we'll come back sure. to later. Mary and the daughter head to school, and they see a chicken tangled in a wire. Mary stops to free the chicken, and Katie freaks out. Doesn't say anything, though, just runs, runs away. Runs away, like red flag number 17. <laughs> and Mary's like, I don't understand what's happening. So they get to school, and that Joshua dude comes back. He says one of the students has whooping cough. Jen, isn't that super contagious? I have an index card. <laughs> okay. You literally just asked me the okay. question, and now you're like, oh, God, you have the answer right, to this question? What is whooping cough? Whooping cough is a whooping cough. Is a highly contagious bacterial disease, otherwise known as the 100-day cough. Initial symptoms are similar to a common cold, but then a severe cough develops, and the patient, after, the patient often has severe coughing fits that can last 10 weeks. A person cough, may cough so hard that they vomit, break ribs, or become exhausted from the effort. People are contagious from the start of the symptoms until about three weeks into the cough. Yeah, super. Before the vaccine... Yeah, super contagious. Mm -hmm. Before the vaccine, so the vaccine for this was invented in 1932, rolled out widely in the 40s. The U.S. would average about 179,000 cases a year, mostly 93% in children under 10 years old. After the vaccine, that fell to about 1,000 by 1976. But, they're on the rise again. Yes, they are. Thanks, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> They're on the rise again, and in 2015, we were up to 20,000 cases a year of whooping cough. Is it cough. deadly? The, the chance of dying is two out of 100, mm. so not great. Not, you know, now now with antibiotics. Yeah. Before antibiotics, you had a, a much better chance of dying, but you can, it's a bacterial disease, so you can treat it with antibiotics. Okay, so... But it sounds like, it sounds awful. Like, no one wants this illness. But this is highly contagious and deadly at this point. Yeah, they don't have antibiotics or a vaccine. So they don't have to socially distance or do contact tracing in this classroom? It seems like they, they don't even bat an eye at this. Okay. I mean, this kind of shit, like uh, smallpox, measles, this shit, like, wiped out whole communities back then. All right. So 
Joshua Bond comes up to Mary and he's got something gross hanging around his neck and he's like, this wards off the whooping cough. Garlic. It's likely garlic. Okay, so there was a superstition that there I I saw thyme and garlic, so it's it's probably garlic if it stinks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't they just think that garlic warded off everything? Kind of like basically? mom thinks vinegar does? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mary's like, look, I don't know what this fucking thing is around your neck, but put it on the way edge of my desk because I don't want it near me. (laughs) All right, later back at the warm Christian home, Caleb freaks out on Mary for freeing the the rooster. Caleb says a rooster tied up that way is good luck, and since Mary turned it loose, he made no money on his corn, and he is in a rage. And then he says she needs to put on a proper fucking dress. So these, this town and Miss Peel live in some weird world of like pagan superstition mm-hmm. and religion mm-hmm. and Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like there's, they have both, which seems odd. Like Miss Peel is a witch and a woman of God. I feel like there <laughs> are towns like this today. But like, I don't understand that the, 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 you know, like the mix up. Like We'll get to that at the end. Okay. okay. All right, after school, Joshua is trying, after school the next day or whatever, one day after school, Joshua's trying to tell Mary about a 69. Did you get that one? Oh, no, no. Timmy picked up on no. this. He of was course. very fixated on, Joshua's very fixated on six times nine and r- wanting to write it out. And Timmy's going, is he trying to force her to look at 69? <laughs> is that? That's a, I feel like that's a 1970s thing and not a no 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 definitely thing. definitely. <laughs> so he's like all about it, and then I don't know. He bends down to write it in the dirt because she says you don't need a pen and pencil; you just write it in the dirt. Like, can you imagine yeah. me like scribing a book in the dirt? Yeah. Sure. And then awesome. he touches her. Like I knew where it was going immediately. He tried to yeah, kiss her. He tried to kiss and her. She, sla- she cracks her. him in the face. She slaps him across the face. Peel sees all of, of this. Of course. Of course she does. Yeah. And she chases Joshua off, like screaming at him. And then she calls Mary a Jezebel and a temptress and says, yeah. She will burn. You will burn. You will burn. And Mary's like, Oh, fuck. She's <laughs> like, Shit. So, how does Mary get sexually assaulted and she's going to burn for it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened all the time. <laughs> that literally was the witch trials, more or less. All right, Jen. So now we have a nighttime scene, and Mary is called from her room. And there is literally an audience downstairs. It's creepy Willy Wonka. It's And she goes down in her nightgown she goes down in with her no nightgown. robe on. Yep. It's Joshua's father. He starts calling Mary a Jezebel and says Miss Peel came by and saved Joshua. He says that Joshua came home with his eyes swollen shut and Miss Peel saved him. Then he threatens her and he leaves and I wrote, holy shit, this is getting real. Well, he was like very creepily. Is that a word? I always use it, but I don't know if that's actually a word. Um, Very creepily, he kind of looks up and down and he's like, now I know what he means when he says, or she means when she says you're a Jezebel. Like what creep is that just, what creep on is that just the sexual innuendo slash rape slash yeah that would be enough for me i'd be like i'm out of here i just like i slapped him and maybe his eyes swelled up i don't know i slapped him because he assaulted me yeah. so mary trucks on though jen she's not she's no quitter and she goes to school the next day and no one is there well, and I wrote down, did Miss Peel hunt him down and abuse him? Oh, maybe. And then, quote unquote, cure. Like, I, there's a gaslight vibe at this point. Yes, there is. Well, she's definitely running shit. Yeah. yeah. So, back home, Jen, in the warm embrace of the Ingalls home. Oh, I was so glad to see the Ingalls home. I was home, too. Right? I was, too. I was like, oh, thank God. We see Carolyn reading, she's reading like a fashion book. Yeah, yep. a fashion magazine. And Charles is smoking his pipe. No Laura, no Carrie. Well, I mean, they only show them for a couple minutes. So that's believable. They could be outside. They could be fishing. Well, they could be upstairs. When they show them for a whole episode, yeah. then that's weird. Mary. They could be asleep. So there's a knock at the door and Mary shows up. Well, there's not a knock. They hear a horse. They hear a wagon pull up. And Mary shows up and she is sobbing and she runs in and collapses on Caroline's lap. <laughs> Mary is broken. Mary's broken. 
I have a question. Okay. So the whole Jezebel thing, I wonder if this is why Miss Beetle is so proper. Like, although Miss Beetle's clothes are very nice, like, they're high quality and very yeah. nice. Think about it. Like, her collars are, like, up to she her dresses chin. very Her Victorian. hair is pulled up very yeah. tight. Like, I wonder if, like, that was just a teacher thing. Because think about it. Like, a lot of these teachers, like, Mary's 15. They're the same age as some of these kids. That's true. They're, like, a year older. than. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're there close to their age. There are kids in Miss Beetle's class the same age as her. So was there? <laughs> well, yeah, Miss Beetle, sure. But, like, was there just, like, teachers had to be overly proper at this time? Like, I still I'm feel clearly. that's a thing. Like, not... I don't feel teachers have to be overly proper in terms of their dress and everything and their sexuality. But they do have to be, you know, politically, they cannot say a word. They have to be, like, I know teachers who are um, of the LGBTQ community who cannot live freely that's ridiculous you know what that's i mean ridiculous. like they have to really not have any perceivable aspect of their that is ridiculous that can... because you know if a person has a if a woman has a husband i know or a man has I a know. wife like that is normal shit to know yeah. about a person I, I feel like teachers are held to an impossible standard but don't get I me started yeah, that's okay. ridiculous all right so the next day jim mary's out in a pasture just crying just moping just and crying and guess who's cleaning up this fucking mess? He's not cleaning up Oh, he's up cleaning it up. No, he does Yes, nothing. he does. He comes out and he therapizes her. I mean, she would have come to this conclusion on her own. He just stands there. He does what he needs to do. He's All no right. dummy. All right. So Charles heads out to talk with her and she tells him that they think Miss Peel's a witch. And Charles tells her, look, you had every reason to leave. I get it. I get it. But he doesn't. Like, he just leaves enough... He doesn't let her off the hook. Right. He's like, bigots are like mountains. Oh, he has a great and she's like, she's like, someone ought to do something about it. And he's like... He says... Like, who? Like, you should do something about he it. He says... He doesn't say right. that. He but. says, sometimes... Sometimes I think bigots are just there, like the mountains, and just as hard to change. Oh, God, I love him. Okay. Mary says, someone better do something about it. And Charles is like, well, it'll take someone pretty strong. Yeah. Like, this I, I have an issue with. Like, he's basically saying, well, it'll take somebody who won't quit and run home to their parents. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So. But I, I say, just bring Laura, Mary. Just take Laura back to this town. She'll take out at least two of them accidentally. <laughs> take Carl's Jr. out with the crate of fireworks. <laughs> Mary finally says, okay, you know what? I'm going back there. And I'm going to set shit straight. Because Mary, so... Mary is not upset that the whole town seems to be abused, abused and Miss Peel is crazy. Gaslight. She is upset that people think she's a slut. All right, fine. Whatever her reasons, go back and fix this shit. Okay. And that was the worst thing you could possibly be in those I, days. I guess. It's a fate worse than death. Okay. So Charles says, let's drop in on the Peel prayer meeting. So they go to Peel Town. But Mary's, Mary's like, no. You drive me, but this is my mess, and I'm cleaning it up because I'm no Jezebel. Okay. Then Mary says, Miss Peel's going to be real sorry she got my dander up. Haven't heard that Oof. one in a while. I feel like Graham, I feel like Graham used gram. to say that. That's a Graham. Yeah. And Charles is like, that's my girl. <laughs> so this is so great because they we go to the prayer service, and Peel's walking around holding a Bible, and she's reading and shit, and all of a sudden you just see Charles and Mary walk in the back door. Here's the sad part, is she was reading out the first three commandments, and I don't know if they're right or not. Yeah, I don't know either. The first one was right. After that, I wasn't sure. Mary's, when Mary started saying them, I recognized them. Something of Peel's might have been wrong. Yeah. Peel is preaching up a storm, and then Mary comes in, and she starts on Peel. Now, Mimi's, I have a little bit of this. I'm putting it in the Mimi B's because it's good television. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was so good. I mean, okay, so they're talking about the commandments. And Mary starts accusing Miss Peel of breaking the ninth commandment. Or Yes. Yeah. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. But then they have a squabble over the seventh commandment. Well, because she said this. She had just said the seventh commandment. But she said wrong. it as the golden rule. Do unto The golden rule. She, yeah. she said the golden rule. So yeah. Mary then realizes in that moment, like, that Miss Peel has been tricking the town because she can't read and neither can they. Yep. Yep. So she's been making this shit up. 
Mary then... She's been making up Christianity, basically. Yep, Mary then calls her out about not being able to read, and Miss Peel resorts to calling her the devil and trying to cast her out. This was great, though, because I feel like this was actually good acting from Mary. Like, maybe only the only good acting I've seen from her. Where she's like, read it! You have a Bible in your hand, read it! I thought that was good. It was the best acting we've seen from her. So let me get this straight, Jen. Miss Peel didn't want anyone else to read because then they'll be able to think for themselves. So she's feeding them misinformation, keeping them dumb and uninformed. Yeah, this is 2020. <laughs> it's the only way she's going to keep them under her thumb. We are reliving the last year. All they have to do is all the, just one person has to learn to read and they'll, they'll see what she's doing. Then, did you get this? Miss Peel holds up her Bible. And everyone is like, <gasps> I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit show? This is and such And Mary's a shit going, show. go ahead, call down the lightning, call it down, call it down. And Charles is just standing there like, he has to be stunned, <laughs> right? Because don't forget, this is his introduction to this yes. whole community. Yep. So nothing happens. And then Mary makes Joshua, the the abuser, the, the, the quick talking, garlic wearing, apple eating... Assaulter. Assaulter. Uh, she makes him tell everyone the truth about what happened with his eyes. And he admits like he was hitting on Mary. Or, or no, about the assault. He admits yeah. he was hitting on Mary with the six, six, 69 wink wink problem. He says he was trying to kiss her. He tried to steal a yep. kiss. He then says Miss Peel put something in his eyes to make them swell. And that his mother actually cured him by washing them out 20 times. And then the mother says, yep, that's what happened. Why didn't they say that earlier? Because they were scared. Of Miss Peel. So Miss Peel is found the fuck out. Mm. She is canceled. Miss Peel is canceled. <laughs> canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Mary does the good Christian thing and lets Miss Peel off the hook. <sighs> well, first they talk about, she talks about how the Bible's not about fear and death and scaring people. And I'm like, have you read the Old Testament? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is definitely about that. But they're saying it's about, she said it's about love and stuff. And then the wife that she was staying with, what's her name? Fisher. Yeah, Fisher. Fisher. Starts yelling amen, which is hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> then Mary, start, Mary starts preaching. And she announces school will be open Monday morning. Charles is super proud. Miss Fisher starts for singing. For anyone, for anyone who wants for to learn. For anyone who wants to learn. I feel like Mrs. Fisher's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So Charles is super proud, and then Mary reaches out and takes Miss Peel's hand. And in this moment, I realize who Miss Peel reminds me of. Who? Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> what? She looks just like him. Okay. The face. <laughs> okay. I just see this heavy diffusion filter on there, like, touching hands. Is this supposed to be, like, the Michelangelo, like, fresco? Yes. Or, okay. All right. So then the episode ends, and we are to assume that Mary is going to transform this backwoods. I was pissed. I wanted to know what happened. I wanted a little story about what happened. I I really wanted to see more of Miss Peel going down. Yeah. All right, Jen. So, you know what I'm going to say about Miss Peel, too? She has a little Zelda look to her a little bit. Oh, like from what movie was that? Pet Cemetery. Okay. How could you not remember? It's the scarring of my life. That and the Venture video game. I still cannot watch Pet Cemetery. I'm still horrified by Zelda. And the Scooby-Doo doll. No, I'm not of afraid of that grass. anymore. But can... You were afraid of grass. Do you agree that Zelda's freaky? Do you remember when you were afraid You'll of grass? You'll never sit on a bed again! Mama put you down Okay, I was two. And you would scream at the top of your lungs like someone was murdering you. I think you. you were doing something to me. I had mm-hmm, nothing to mm-hmm. do with it. Let's see. Mom puts me down innocently in a patch of grass, turns her back. You're nearby. Oh, wait. How do you I'm know? Crying. She did not turn her back. Suddenly, she did not turn her back. Suddenly, I'm crying. Mom mm-hmm. did not turn her back. She had to watch you constantly. Suddenly, I'm crying. You're probably standing behind her doing your finger, dragging your finger across your throat and threatening me. Yeah, I was five. <laughs> so? <laughs> this happened every patch of grass you got put down in. I was nowhere to be Whatever. found when this happened. I want to do over. I want to go back and see the tape. You were afraid mm-hmm. of blades of grass, mm-hmm. I guess. All right, Jenny. So who's fault is this this is 
Reverend Alden's fault. 100%. But I think it's also a little bit of Mary's fault. And I'll go into that in my why. But it's mostly Reverend Alden's fault. Okay. Um, I agree. I think Rev should have either stayed with her or better prepared. Like, why didn't Reverend Alden stand up to Miss Peel? All right, can we get to my why? Because I talk about this. I'm going to go first then, because my why's short. Oh, Jesus. All right, guys, at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on the episode and think about a theme or a lesson or a scar we took from it and carried with us into our adulthood and it influenced us or impacted us in some way we call it our why it's designed to finish the sentence gen x this is why so my why for this episode is this is why you must do research and read shit for yourself because people will take power when you let them (laughs) right boom done fact check shit yes doubt yes have some healthy doubt about things like you don't have to doubt everything but have like enough doubt to to make a good assessment of the situation for yourself. So I've done some research. Some light okay. research. And okay. the generation most likely to believe in conspiracy theories are Gen Xers. Really? Yeah. I wonder why. I'm surprised by that. Maybe because we grew up watching And there's show. not a political leaning. It's the outskirts of both political sides. Huh. Tend to. Interesting. Jenny, we all knew those kids in school that didn't believe the moon landing we were, happened. We're a very paranoid generation. Do you know people who think the moon landing didn't happen? No. I do. Really? We grew up with those kids. People who think the government had JFK killed. Oh, I've heard that for sure. Yeah. And I, maybe I believe that a little and bit. And I also, in, in researching religi- religiosity amongst generations, I found out something pretty funny. This is from Pew Research. Um, belief in heaven by generational group. Gen X is pretty pretty even with baby boomer. Like just a little below. 72% of Gen X believes in heaven. 74% of baby boomers do. But yet we lead in belief in hell by generational group. <laughs> I mean that tracks. That totally tracks. Generation X is 60%. Baby boomers 59%. I think that's pretty Yeah, funny. that tracks. But I don't understand how you believe in one and not the other. Because they, like, if you buy into that, you don't you buy into the whole thing? Why would yeah. one exist and not the other? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of atheists in our generation, I think too, there's a lot of people who believe in heaven and don't believe in hell. That doesn't make any sense from the teachings of it, though. Like, from... No, I'm not the saying evidence there's that any you're using to say it. There's no evidence. No evidence. But if you're using the Bible as mm-hmm. evidence... It talks about both. Mm, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I never read the Bible. <laughs> Whatever. All right. I have in, in a in an academic setting. Okay. Not the whole Bible, but a, but a lot of it. All right. And and the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. And did you read all the books on World of Warcraft? Ramayana. I did not read the World of Warcraft books. Why would <laughs> okay. I do that? I played the video all game. All right, Jenny. Your turn. So this is why you have to recognize when you were being set up for failure. Oh. Okay. And Mary did not see the 16 red flags that we called yep. out. Well, she's 15. Like, that's true. Good point. But Reverend Alden was setting her up for failure. I mean, he was kind of clear about it. But instead of saying, like, I'm setting you up for failure. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like... It, this has happened in my professional career a lot where like there's a position like a, a project or something that needs to be done. And you know, like the person who was offering this quote unquote opportunity to me was very clear about what it was and what it wasn't. And like, if you, if you agree to that and go in with your eyes open, that's fine. But it's when it's like, this is such a great opportunity. And yeah, there's these couple of little things, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like he fully sold how hard this how impossible this was although when he said that a seasoned teacher quit after four days that should have yeah, been but he also said miss beetle said you're the best one for this job miss beetle yeah, that's true what are you doing does miss beetle know what's he he should have discussed with miss beetle what the position he was should have sent and all the Ms. challenges beetle, period he should have and just does he have that kind of power he, well he should have asked miss beetle if she would go for two weeks and let mary sub yeah. her class yeah, to get a little experience with a class that's established. Mm-hmm. 
Miss Beetle would have went and been like, fuck no, don't Jenny, go there. Jenny, you know what this reminds me of? When I mm. taught catechism. Oh, Remember? God. But you just didn't show up. I didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. Isn't that a reason to go to hell? I feel like that should be on the list of reasons to go to hell. But but I, it's, I feel like this happens to women a lot in the, in the corporate world. That they're set up to fail. So, like, always be aware of this. I was listening to this, and I do not have the Are name of it. It was on NPR. Are you telling to always be skeptical? Yes. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I was listening to this thing on NPR, and so it's a good source. I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember specific details, but here, here's basically what it said. They, uh, they did research because a lot of women are made CEOs of companies. You know how a lot of these big companies are suddenly like, we're, we're putting a woman mm-hmm. in charge. Like, look at us, all progressive. They, fi- they realize that when the company is doing badly or there's some kind of crisis, they, they put, put a, a woman, woman in, charge. in charge. And they thought that that was because they're like, we tried it. We put a woman in charge and continue to fail. Although it tends to not fail. They tend to turn right. it around. But what they, they did a bunch of research on this. And what they discovered is that's not the case. It's actually that people, men and women, believe that women can fix things better than men can. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that too. But like that is why they often in a time of crisis, when, when a company is in crisis, put women in charge mm. to fix, to clean up the mess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like that, I'm, I'm that is what they, they discover. Put... It's not that they're setting them up to fail. They're, they don't, they think that's their only chance of succeeding. I'm shocked they don't put an old white dude up. Well, no, that's how they got into the situation they're in yeah. a lot of times. Hmm. So, yeah, that's it's um, interesting. I thought that was interesting that what they discovered through that research is that they actually think that that's what they need to fix it. Hmm. Okay. All right, Jenny. So, what's coming up next? I mean, this was a good episode. This was a really. Good I really episode. enjoyed it. it was, I love me some. It was Ms. very Peel. well done. Amy, you're gonna love the next oh, episode. Can I great. discuss? Is it science or math? No, no, you're actually going to really okay. love it. Is Charles naked? <laughs> On the cold, rainy evening of his wedding anniversary, maybe, Charles is stuck in the middle of nowhere with a broken wagon wheel. Carolyn and the girls wait at home with a special celebration dinner all prepared. Don't forget, can't call home and say I'm stranded with my wagon right. wheel. Carolyn passes the time by reminiscing with her daughters about her youthful beginnings with Charles. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Guys, I have been pushing for an Ingalls oh prequel. Like, this yep, is what we need. Been. We don't need a reboot. We need the story of Carolyn meeting Charles. So it is episode, uh, season four, episode 16. It's called I Remember, I Remember. Ugh, I cannot wait. <laughs> but you know what's going to kill it for me? I think Albert plays a young Charles. Are we sure about that? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think, no, I don't think they're that young. I don't think it goes back to that not. time. I think they're like teenagers. Okay. Well, Michael Landon, that, that's going to take a lot of makeup. <laughs> I don't think he plays Or him. is he going to do the Vaseline lens? Let's, I don't know, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's see who plays, though. Look it up, look it up, look it up. Wasn't somebody in the Mimi Bees saying how much they hated El Manzo the other day? What's, I'm not. What's I, going on yeah, there? I, I'm kind of there with them. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily a fan of his, but I was like, there's some passion and hatred of El Manzo for some reason. Okay, let's see. I remember. I remember. I just saw a picture of him. That's what made me think of it. Okay, Michael and Carrie Ingalls. Young Charles. Oh, it is. Is it Albert? It's it's yeah, it's Albert. <clears throat> That's gonna kill it for me. I need Michael Landon playing him. No. <laughs> How's I that need gonna a work? T- a fuck ton of makeup and Vaseline on that. <laughs> that would be gross. <laughs> that would be gross. He'd be dancing like a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's it's Albert. <sighs> okay. We'll see how this goes. Because I just don't find Albert attractive in any way. Were you hoping to be attracted to (laughs) 14-year-old Charles? (laughs) No. You have problems. You need to discuss this with your therapist. 
I'd like to go on record and say, no, I'm not attracted to 14-year-olds. Well, then why do you care if it's Albert playing them? It just will kill the vibe for me. My Mimi's will get it. They'll get it. They totally understand this. Although there is a segment of the Mimi Bees that are not into Charles like I am. I think that's most people, but okay. All right, guys. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisisy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.